Hello! This is a preview episode of Watch Out for Fireballs on 2018's God of War, sponsored by our patron Cassie. If you'd like to hear the whole episode, you can join us at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. You get episodes a week early, you get all these bonus episodes, it is just five bucks a month. We really appreciate it. Thank you. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about God of War, which is an action RPG developed and published by Sony for the PlayStation 4 in 2018. Not the other episode where we began saying this week we're talking about God of War. Yes, that was a couple of years ago. Um, and that was from a game that came out 13 years before this one. Game titles yeah. are confusing. What's the deal? Like, it's going to go go on a straight up. First uh, blood. Yeah. First blood. Uh, you know, what's the deal? Yeah. It's going to go on a straight up, uh, James Rolfe. Yep. On this just, bad boy. Just open up that uh, can. <laughs> yep. And, and that unfortunately makes you Mike Matai, and I'm very sorry about it. Oh. Um, right. oh. uh, so this is, this is a premium episode that is executive produced by mm-hmm. Cassie. Thank you, Cassie. Thank you, Cassie. Uh, what, a, what a premium episode means is that this first part, the generalities, will be out for everyone. The full episode is on our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, give, give us five bucks. You get all those. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good, um, good use of five bucks. I think so. At this point, you, you're, you get uh, you get like uh, 20 of them. I think this is the 20th mm-hmm. of those episodes, uh, which is a lot. It's also a lot of good, uh, a lot of good material, including, I presume, uh, the rest of this episode. Because uh, uh, this will at the very least be spicy. Like this yeah. is a long game with a lot to talk about. <laughs> yes, uh, it is. It is quite quite involved, which is strange given where the series started as kind of a uh, tapa tapa beat 'em up uh, kind of game, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, but this yeah. is this is kind of like a like a whole rerack of the series, like it's a re envisioning of it. It's a it's a mechanical reboot and a story continuation, but yes. like definitely a new direction. Um, you know, so this is a little bit of a re- half reboot, half continuation of the God of War series, mm-hmm. which stars Kratos, mm-hmm. uh, one of gaming's greatest sociopaths, <laughs> a, uh, a Spartan warrior who has left Greece to start a new life in Midgard. Mm-hmm. So we're switching mythologies. Yes. Uh, here. Yeah. We're going to go and start, uh, working through our new pantheon, but reluctantly this time. 
<laughs> yeah, this time we don't like it. No. Uh, but yeah, we still play as Kratos, uh, and he is traveling with his young son, uh, Atreus. Kratos had moved, and he had uh, started a new family after, uh, uh, let, let's say, doing some whoopsies on the first one. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, he. He starts a second family like my dad, uh-huh. and after ruining his first family like my dad, <laughs> yeah. Um, the, <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, but but his wife passed. Atreus's mother passed, um, mm-hmm. and kind of like the whole goal for the game, uh, the MacGuffin um, is to get the uh, the sack of ashes to the highest peak of all the nine realms. Yes, I feel like games about dumping out sacks. Mm-hmm. You like this game. Um, your primary antagonist in this and kind of, uh, main character in the B plot, mm-hmm. uh, is Balder, um, who is sent by Odin to hassle Kratos and Atreus. Uh, he is seemingly invincible. Um, he does not actually know, uh, and you do not actually know what's going mm-hmm. on. There's some information reveal stuff to this, mm-hmm. some tragic misunderstandings. Yes. Um, and something that this game does is it kind of takes like uh, Norse mythology and turns things around. You might think Balder, the sweet, sweet boy, the, 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 the yes. hunter who just loved his dad, uh, like they're doing some, uh, some twist em ups and turnarounds. Like you well, are it's, playing. It's God of War's prick. Yes. Trick. You know, it's, it's God of War's prick. Like yeah. is all the gods are just like absolute assholes. And that was yeah. always the subtext that all this mythology, like yeah. they were petty and fallible, but then God of War's trick is to make them actual, like. Evil shitheads, just real monsters, you know, um, yeah, just the absolute worst people. Yeah, which is which is you know I I I I'm I am amenable to that trick just because yeah, yeah. of course the legends about the Aesir written by the Aesir would be positive about the Aesir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the shirt about the Aesir mm-hmm. raises a lot of questions about they're answered by my shirt about the Aesir. <laughs> um, the biggest mechanical difference of this uh, is. A kind of a wide-reaching overhaul of the combat. Mm-hmm. Um, it is less frantic and less character action-based. Mm-hmm. Like, early in the series, it is tapa, tapa, tapa. It eventually becomes more of a spectacle fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, with God of War 3 is my understanding. Yeah, yeah. This is now, um, like, a soft Souls-y yeah, game a little bit. It, it feels a little bit like a, like a Souls or, a, um, or an Arkham game where the, if the camera was locked in behind you during combat. It, it's a weird thing. Like I, I understand the point you're making with the Arkham with the camera, but I mm-hmm. associate Arkham games with so much it's more a, it's agility a, it's, than this. Yeah, it's a very it's a very particular kind of combat for that. This yeah. is like Lords of the Fallen. Mm-hmm. Like this is like it is like a slower, clunkier, more mm-hmm. impact focused yeah. uh, combat system than than God of War has ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, and even on that, you know, it is it is like as as very slow and deliberate not as like precise as like a dark souls mm-hmm. but it has that slowness yes um you know in terms yeah. of avatar mobility mm-hmm. there's a there, there is a fun you know kind of like deliberate rhythm to what's going on yes. um which makes it like this is this combat's pretty good i like it quite a yeah. bit yeah, yeah, this, this, like I, I, I like that quite a bit as well. Mm-hmm. I think this is a really fun execution yes. and a far sight fucking better than God of War <laughs> when we cover that, where the combat was like, okay, you know, yeah. eventually just became this exhausting tap fest. It was very, um, very monotonous. It was killing, killing an enemy and then doing a chore at the end to make sure they stayed dead. And and it's not like this doesn't eventually, you know, have right. some monotonous bits, right? But on its basis, uh, mm-hmm. the combat in this I think is really pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Um. The uh, so no jump button, 
Um, you know, the, the camera is locked behind you. You can't jump around. You're grounded. You can do kind of a uh, boost, like throw people up to juggle them, mm-hmm. but you cannot uh, choose when to do this. And uh, you make combos here with your weak and strong attacks executed with the shoulder buttons, just like Dark Souls. Yeah, which is like a good way to like physically enforce a more a more deliberate uh a, you know attack. Like it feels like those those particular buttons are harder to mash. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You also have a shield. Uh, it's never commented on, but it's a weird magical shield that like shoots out of your forearm. Like, yeah, warning. he's got like a, he's got uh, like a van brace that like fans out. I mean, like it's almost exactly like the, uh, the shield in Sekiro. Yeah. The way that it yeah. fans out like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, you have like your regular block, which you can just do to hold up. If you see something coming at you, there's also, um, a perfect block system. Um, the game yeah. is very, uh, generous with you. Um, kind of a la like Hellblade in kind of like demonstrating what incoming attacks are going to be blockable and which ones you have to dodge. There's like a different color yes. of like lens flare or like halo um, around them yes. as they approach. Yeah. And this isn't necessarily explained very well in the game, but this is all level dependent mm-hmm. um, your stuff. So as you become more powerful, more attacks become parryable mm-hmm. or blockable um, yeah. in kind of a gradient. So something can be uh, unblockable. Then un you know blockable but unparryable, mm-hmm. and then becomes parryable as your level differential changes with the uh, the enemy. Yes, um, there is this level system. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two types of dodge. Um, one is just like kind of a quick step. The other is a full combat roll, uh, similar to Witcher Three, even though the combat mm-hmm. feels very different. Yes, um, but there's another game with two dodges. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you attack enemies, you reduce their health, and they also have a stun meter, mm-hmm. a la Neo. Um, if you get them stunned, you get to do a final move that will either kill them or take a big chunk of health, depending yeah. on their level. Yeah. Or for, um, or for some enemies, like let you climb on their back and control them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and these, these are where the, uh, you know, God of War has always been about like ripping jaws off Medusas and shit. <laughs> um, that is where that happens in here. Like I if was... you want to see, you know, somebody rip somebody's arms off, this I, game is for you. I was, I was like, I was horrified at the, uh, at, at the, uh, gosh, the execution on the Wolven. You, you know, yeah, the fight, werewolf you, one is real good. Yeah, you don't fight like, very many of those, but like you, like you basically like rip the, uh, r- like t- grab their jaw and then rip all the skin off the front of their body, like they're like you're opening a FedEx package. The, the uh, pe- you peel Paul them like a banana. Said you unzip their face. <laughs> like it is basically what happens. It's pretty harsh. The rest yeah. of them are a little restrained, I think, yeah. in comparison to God of War. Yeah, uh, what I associate with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, that one is really, really harsh. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you have three main weapons uh, at your disposal. Uh, I think we can talk about two of them because one of them is fairly spoilery. Like it's a cool moment yeah. when you get it. Uh, the main we'll put the spoilers behind the. Uh, but after the the jump, yes. Then spoilers are you know right. off. And and just getting. I mean, not to not to cut you off, but because it's relevant now. Mm-hmm. Um, this game is is cheap now. It's like twenty bucks mm-hmm. uh, on PSN. This is worth playing. Yes. Like this is really good. I don't think this is perfect. I mm-hmm. think that like it got, it's real weird. Like it, it, you know, whenever a game comes out, that's like a big prestige game like this. Mm-hmm. We have uh gamer Americans tripping over themselves to like fall into tears and say gaming has finally produced art right, and right. stuff. It's, it's not that, but mm-hmm. it's really pretty enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think this is a good video game ass video game. This is, a, um, yeah, it's a very good like instance or example of like a really polished fun ride 
that has like some interesting stuff going on in the story and maybe like more systems bloat than I would like, which is kind of like, yeah. like that's kind of what I gauge triple A releases on is all of those things. Like if it hits those, yes. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, this feels, this feels, yeah, kind of par for the course for what this, a game of this scope, like, you know, ought to be doing. Yes. Yeah, it, it, it's like it gets a mechanical edge over The Last of Us for me, mm-hmm. but a mechanical detriment under Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the story I liked as much as Spider-Man, but I think that it's swinging for higher fences, which mm-hmm. that mileage will vary for you. Um, you know, it's in that zone yes. of things. And there's something to be said for a game that just does that zone well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of discourse around this and video games in general, whether that zone is worth doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, is, do we, are these big prestige cinematic video games, are these even a worthwhile pursuit? Mm-hmm. And, you know, once you get into a discussion about them in terms of their body count, yes. the answer is unequivocally no. Right. But in terms of just, uh, just in terms of art, <laughs> like, I think that there's a place for this kind of thing. And every once in a while, when mm-hmm. do, one is done really well, I do really like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I played this when it came out and enjoyed it. I replayed it. Um, I am moving, so I didn't do as much side stuff. on revisit uh but it still went down pretty smooth Mm -hmm. like there are things that are annoying but mostly it's pretty fun yeah and the story is cool and like this is you know this is like sitting down and having a having a nice Mm kind of like not super cerebral like we're you know we're not talking about outer wilds or anything (laughs) uh it's not going to be that kind of thing but it's like a a good you know summer blockbuster almost Mm -hmm. with slightly more heart and slightly more uh good mechanical interest than you might think yes yeah i I co-signed on all of that additionally like the hour count when you look it up may put you off a little bit however the critical path is real manageable you know i think that the critical path ended up being about like 16 hours for me possibly yeah something like that still a little bloated yeah there's some pacing problems has some some serious pacing problems actually and like the side stuff is really varies from like really pretty good little short stories mm-hmm. to absolutely atrocious, but bonus dungeons, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to really, really good optional fights. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's really kind of pick and choose. Yes. Uh, what's good. But all of this is just to get a summation out of the way. So mm-hmm. before we start spoiling things at all, yeah. uh, recommended that you, you know, this is pretty recommended if you have any appetite at all for like a big triple a, Mm-hmm. you know spectacle game yeah and i would say that like of the you know like handful of these that have come out over the past let's say five years like this mm-hmm. is the one that like kind of has kept most of its halo since release um and like i didn't feel like i like came to it with like too high of an expectation or like anticipating too much of a backlash about it um yeah like so i think that this would be like a good one if you have not checked in on a triple a you know modern big budget release in a while this would be a good one to jump into i think it's like this and spider-man are the two that i think are are good for that like Mm -hmm. i have a mild preference for that game because i think it's more fun in the hands yes but they're both real real good Mm -hmm. and the backlash around this has almost been exclusively like cultural yes like it's all been stuff um do we really need another dad game yeah Yes. Yeah. Like from the critic sphere, which is, mm-hmm. you know, varying degrees of like good, you know, mm-hmm. that I, I have very much time for those arguments, but it's not like the mainstream has turned against this like Bioshock Infinite. Right. You know, where it's like, hey, this actually the emperor has no clothes and had mm-hmm. no clothes. Like this is a really shallow game with dumb ideas. It just looked pretty. Mm-hmm. That hasn't come for God of War. No, TV, no. Which is kind of nice. Because I don't think it's a shallow game. And I also, no. you know, <laughs> like, and yes, it does look very pretty. 
So yeah, it's not, it's a, it's like a weird it's a it's a middle brow mm-hmm. game. You know, like yeah. this is not uh you know pathologic, mm-hmm. but it's also not you know I don't know what like a you know it's not Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, it's it's not super dumb. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, so just you know to summarize that. Play this if you're at all curious yeah. about it. Um, yeah. there, if it there, sounds good, you'll probably like it. Yeah, there are reveals in the story that I would feel I would have felt worse if I had known them coming in. Uh, let's say. Well, and and also like just to speak of this of this as somebody who played it twice, that are this is this is the worst game on second run through mm-hmm. uh, to me in a big bad way. Like yeah. those surprises and wanting to know what happens next to the main story was a huge motivator. Yes. So. Uh, more, you know, spoilers matter to varying degrees in general, but I think mm-hmm. that more than a lot of stuff we've done recently, uh, it actually will affect mm-hmm. your your playthrough if you know this stuff. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so moving on, three there are three main weapons mm-hmm. that you have, uh, starting with, uh, you know, Kratos giving away his, uh, his signature but incredibly unpractical uh, <laughs> chain blades. He now has an axe, a yeah. Leviathan axe. Which is uh, relatively slow, but is strong and has frost magic. Yes, attached to it. Yeah, um, and kind of the big thing about this that makes it uh, not just an implement for combat, but also for puzzles, is the fact that you can uh, throw it and then it returns to you, like Mjolnir. Yes, uh, exactly like Mjolnir, as mm-hmm. we'll come to find out. <laughs> um, and there have been, um, you know, there's a, a animation, a playframe video, I believe, about uh, the animation. On mm-hmm. why this feels so good, it actually might be an extra credits, but this feels incredible. Like yeah. the kinesthetics of throwing and returning the axe, mm-hmm. uh, I think almost couldn't be done better. Yeah, uh, it is incredibly satisfying and fun. Yeah, and like calling it back before it even like lands. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, they, they they must have put a ton of effort into making like every part of this feel good. Like it's, only, it's really, really impressive. The only thing that didn't feel good was when I had like a near miss on, on something stationary. Like that was the, that was the only big bummer for this. But like in combat, you know, you're fighting a lot of like big enemies. You can, you know, throw at weak spots or like for regular people, yeah. you can throw at their legs and like knock them down. Um, and you know, soften them up as they're closing distance. Um, and I think that starting you with this axe, as opposed to anything else that would have been more God of War like, does a you know it goes a long way toward being what's responsible for kind of like enforcing and setting up this slower, more deliberate kind of combat. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this obviously interfaces with an upgrade tree and all that stuff, which we'll talk about later. Yes. Um, you can also fight barehanded. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea behind the style is that it. Uh, emphasizes stun. So as opposed to doing HP damage to enemies, you're building up that stun meter to do those finishing moves mm-hmm. sooner. Um, this kind of includes like shield bashes, uh, sweeps, uh, things like that. Um, there are also parts of the game where you'll be without your axe mm-hmm. because it's being used in a puzzle. Yep. Um, so it's good to get some familiarity with this, this mode as well. Yeah. Um, I liked switching back and forth between these. Like I liked throwing uh, the axe at an enemy to like freeze it. If they were a little bit too spicy for me and then dealing with everybody else with, um, with, with, you know, hand to hand while the, uh, while the cooldown on the axe, you know, kind of came down. Um, mm-hmm. the fact that both of these were kind of equally useful just in different contexts or for different results is a good decision, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the third weapon is a spoiler. Shh. <laughs> Kratos also gets shh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, uh, but it's very—it's different than the, uh, the, the the previous two, and we'll talk about it in depth when we get it. 
I like it way less. Mm-hmm. Like we'll we'll get to it, but I don't think it's nearly as fun. Right. Um, Spartan Rage is back. Uh, so this is a meter that as you get damaged, it fills up, you can activate it and you get, uh, you become invincible and get really powerful hand to hand moves. Mm -hmm. Um, you regain health by attacking when you get hurt instead of losing health, you lose Spartan rage. Mm -hmm. So there's still a incentive to not get hit. Yes. Uh, in this mode. Mm -hmm. Um, so you still want to, you know, be engaging with the dodge system and stuff like that. Like of all of the upgrades that you get, these end up being the most entertaining. Like there's a high level one that is just pick up a boulder from below where you're at, like in the ground and huck it at somebody. Like this is the turn into the Hulk button. I, I did not use any, I did not put any points into this tree. Oh, it was good. I just, I just kept forgetting I had it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like those kind of meter things like that, like, you know, I try to divest myself of too good to use, mm-hmm. but I, I, you know, save them for bosses, but then I just don't end up using them very often. Right, right. So, um, so I did not see any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also get uh, magic in a way of these kind of runic attacks. Mm-hmm. Light um, and heavy. These do lots of different things. You know, light and heavy. There's one you can assign uh, for each. They have uh, different cooldowns, and they have a lot of different things that can pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your your fourth weapon uh, <laughs> is boy. Is boy. <laughs> yes. Fourth weapon is boy. Put it in H. Uh, this is Atreus, who is not passive. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to help you with combat, uh, and you very rarely have to bail him out. Yeah. Uh, enemies don't attack him, attack him directly, but they will try to carry him off every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can stop that. And he also has his own upgrade tree, which is a powerfully condescending thing. Like, if I owned an upgrade tree for you, Cole, yeah. like, you couldn't upgrade yourself, but I had to choose what upgrades you got. Yeah, he's going to get his own when he's 18. You can't trust him. His brain doesn't <laughs> yeah. finish growing, Gary. You get to rent a carpet shampooer, and you get your own upgrade tree at 25. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I just, I love the idea of upgrading somebody. Like, oh yeah, check it out. You get plus three frost damage. What? Yeah. I don't fucking, I don't mess with frost damage. Yeah, you do. You do, you do now. now. Better start messing with frost damage. Yeah. You're going to summon an owl and I want you to summon a fucking owl. Mom, I don't want to take tap dancing lessons. <laughs> like, well, now you got plus 4% tap dancing. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, so he, he's, uh, he'll do his own thing. Um, mm-hmm. And the active thing is he will fire with his, his bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so you will control this generally. Like what you're looking at, you can click a button and he'll shoot it with a bow and arrow, which starts off just as a distraction and eventually becomes an actual pretty powerful weapon. Yeah. Uh, either for damage or also for um, uh, imparting different status effects that you can do. Uh, mm-hmm. Like there's like elemental status effect accumulation that happens in here. So you can yes. uh, train him up and choose particular arrows that will complement your particular style or match the uh, the situation uh, that you are in. Mm-hmm. Um, as the game goes on, Atreus becomes more confident and starts doing more things in combat. So whereas early on, he will kind of keep a distance. By the end of the game, he is up and in the fray and he will often like jump on the jump on somebody's back and start like punching on them to like make mm-hmm. them vulnerable for Kratos to come in and do extra damage. So, yes. you know, this is not an escort mission. The fact that you are traveling and fighting with the boy is a plus for you. Like this is a cool big, system. Big plus. Mm-hmm. You know, prob- probably the USP. Yeah. You know, for the game. Like the, you know, this is they did a good job, I think, mm-hmm. with that mechanically. Yeah. Um the uh so there are a lot of little puzzles in mm-hmm. place uh with Atreus's arrows uh and with your range attacks and weapons and these are highly uh you know, varied in terms mm-hmm. of execution. Um, the ones with your attacks tend to be kind of cool puzzles where you have to think. Yep. The ones with arrows tend to be keys. 
Yep. Uh, it's real obnoxious. <laughs> you see a particular um, I, I kind of know. crystal, so we need to shoot it with this particular kind of arrow to go out, to go yeah. forward. I, yeah. I think those suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't really like those, and I don't think they... I think that they are a pacing killer a lot of the time in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I was actually kind of shocked because like when you get to those areas where it's like, you know, hallways were for worth the traps, I had flashbacks to like the entire half of the game that took place in Pandora's temple. Yeah. <laughs> the first game. Like it, yeah. It's weird because they, they added those, but just in very specific areas. Mm-hmm. And then they filled the world with puzzles that are not very God of War at all. Yeah. Like those have a God of War legacy that, you know, Hey, there's a, you know, shoot the, you know, the lamp with your arrow Zelda shit does not. Uh, and it just, it's real weird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it kind of does like a Metroidvania progression, but it's, it's fairly weak. Yeah. I think, yeah. um, we'll get into that when we start talking about the pacing stuff, when we get into the actual game, Yeah, but yeah. it's, it's not an aspect of the game I love. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think is more successful are the puzzles you do with your ax because the ax has a gimmick to it. Mm-hmm. Um, when it strikes something, it freezes it in place. Yeah. Uh, specifically like gears, mechanisms and stuff. And there are a good number of kind of clever puzzles that involve you, um, you know, throwing your axe at a thing to freeze it after manipulating it and then, uh, like aligning it with something else, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Like these are decent. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's almost always just an order of operations thing. Like, you know, like at what point in the movement of this machine do I, do I hit it with the axe? And then like, where do I need to be standing in order to get where I need to go once the mechanism releases? Um, yes. And these are good. They remain varied until the end of the game. I think primarily because they are deployed a little bit sparingly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and they're not uh, big challenges. Like, don't come to this looking for good puzzles. No, like, no. Like this isn't going to be like Talos principles. Yeah. No, no, no. This is just uh, a little something to do with your hands mm-hmm. that isn't fight dudes. Yeah. Um. So the game is kind of open world-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to like Arkham or Tomb Raider, uh, Corey Barlog, uh, who is the creative director for this worked on Tomb Raider. Um, so you have some freedom mm-hmm. when you're moving around, uh, but it's not a wide open world like Red Dead Redemption or something. Right, right. Um, and in this, uh, game, there are a few, uh, collection side quests and other side quests, some of which span the entire game. Um, you can return to most places you've visited before. Some mm-hmm. are point of no return, but most of the time you can go back. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but you're collecting like a bunch of stuff, you know, you're finding, uh, you're <laughs> like, I don't even know, like, like what do the like sailors artifacts do and things like that. A lot um, of them are sellable. Like a lot of mm. them are like, it will give you a thing that's like collect one of nine, but they're just there for money. Mm. And one of the things I think is, uh, not super good about this is crafting. Yeah. Like, yeah. And crafting materials. I, I find uh, the crafting system that's very vestigial and exhausting. Yeah. Uh, because there are a lot of different materials and every single bit of equipment that you or boy has mm-hmm. requires a different material to uh, to to shore up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just didn't like keeping track of it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I stopped. I just kind of was like, what can I make? Yeah. But it, it what doing that by making me agnostic to what I'm picking up and just having a general inventory whoop, that kind of grows whoop, like, whoop, whoop. like <laughs> Sorry. Katamari's. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I, just, I was, I was sounding the alarm because we were going to talk about pickup economy and why it matters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, this isn't a bad trope. This is a good trope. This is a good WAF original. That people, I know. Uh, people like it's not like we bring up anime um, the, no uh, no i wasn't saying i wasn't like warning people for us i was just i was just highlighting the fact that this shows up it's yeah. like a blue light special yes 
Do you remember those in, in grocery stores? God, yeah. You had to ru- rush over to that Specifically part of the Kmart. Kmart. I remember, yeah. I remember blue light specials on the Kmart gas, gas station. Like particular <laughs> lanes would have like discounts <laughs> and cause <laughs> like fist to fights. Work there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine having to work there? Good God. <laughs> yeah. I, what a, that place deserved to go into business. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so like, I just don't care what I'm picking up. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's a real problem. Like, I should be excited mm-hmm. for, like, the comical way that Kratos shows respect to some treasure chest and disrespect to other treasure chest mm-hmm. or some things he wants to stomp on and some things he doesn't. Mm-hmm. But I don't care what I'm picking up because it's all it's like, oh, Zeus's feather, like, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, Thor, Thor's bunion. Like, you just mm-hmm. pick up, you know, elfish leather and all this stuff, and I just don't give a shit. No, it was. I found it really, really fatiguing and annoying. Mm-hmm. And, and just and it, and it made me reluctant to engage with parts of the open world because, like, oh, that's like a that's like a little area that I can go to over there. In the past, though, it's pretty much just been like either a soft or hard metal that I got out of the yeah. back of it. It's like I like I feel like I'm doing fine in the combat actually. So. It's, yeah, it's just a, a, lot, a yeah. lot of that stuff is really important to higher difficulties. Yeah, um, yeah. Where your equipment is what matters in this game. Like you right. unlock new moves on your skill tree, but you don't level up your equipment mm-hmm. is how you determine your avatar power. Yes. In this. Yes. So, um, but yeah, like those side quests, there are some of them that matter more than others. Like you end up like finding pieces of runes that let you travel to like two optional realms, Niflheim. Yeah, I, yeah, I, like, I, I popped into these and I was like, you know, just cause like, okay, I want to be able to talk about them. And when I saw that it was like, okay, it's like a little Lost Woods, you know, challenge arena thing. And then you get a special currency that you can spend. It's like, oh, this, this, this should have, like, this would have been DLC. Like, yeah, bad like, DLC it, like, it, though. Yes. Like, it would have been very, like, controversial DLC. Mm-hmm. Um, if it popped up, there's two of them. One of them is a fog maze, mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, you go to get crafting materials mm-hmm. and it's really annoying. It's like a timered randomized uh, fog maze mm-hmm. um, and it sucks. And then there's uh, one that's combat arenas and the combat arena is not like, here's some interesting mix ups. It's can you beat eight enemies in this time frame with just this attack? Right. It's all stuff that would be like trophies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the frustrating thing is both of these are tied into a bigger, better side quest, which is fighting all the optional bosses in the game, mm-hmm. which I, I've never killed all of them on either of my playthroughs. But the ones I did fight, uh, the first time I played around, fought, you know, four or five. This time I fought one um, because I ran out of time. Mm-hmm. But they're cool. Yeah. Uh, and two of them are hidden in these shitty minigame realms. Yeah. Uh, that are are not very good. Are those the Valkyries or are those? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's uh, nine Valkyrie and two of which are hidden in those realms. Mm-hmm. So you have to engage with the garbage uh, stuff to get them yeah. if you want to fight them. And they mm-hmm. are good fights. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you go after those, but most of the time you're going to be getting these crafting materials, um, doing your upgrades, taking them to two uh, comic, comic relief dwarfs, one of which I found mm-hmm. charming, the other one I did not. I'll be really curious as to which one, because I, I think one of them is better than the other one too, but maybe it won't be the same one. <laughs> Ooh, we can talk about it when we get yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's we'll see fire that dwarves. Mystery. Fire a dwarf from on. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, Dwarf Monsters. Um, <laughs> dwarf <yeah>. Monsters. <laughs> um, the, like, there are some bits of, like, weapon and armor customization that are pretty rewarding. So, like, you can uh, change, like, the handles on your weapons and, like, which kind of armor you put on, like, will advantage, like, different stats um, and eventually, like, different styles of play. I liked that. What I didn't like was kind of, like, going and accumulating the things that I needed in order to like upgrade that. Like I just, I yeah. would see the big list of available enchantments or whatever. And I'd be like, I do not feel like reading the tool tips on all of these actually. Yeah. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Like I basically, uh, both times I played through emphasized, uh, attack mm-hmm. and strength. Um, the other ones are like runic. So your magic damage, uh, your ability cooldowns mm-hmm. and then like defense vitality. Yeah. Um, and those are, those are fine, but mm-hmm. treating them just like a thing that, you know, oh, when I run into the shopkeeper now, he has a different inventory mm-hmm. rather than his inventory being dependent on how many doodads I picked up. Yeah. Yeah. I think is, is more satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, Kratos and Atreus, uh, share a common XP pool, which you use to buy new combat skills, uh, yeah. from a tree. Um, none of them are necessary. Some are better than others. This really rides the lightning between like meaningful good upgrades and, plus 3% frost damage upgrades. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of these are too fiddly to, to use, but the ones that are fun are fun. Yeah. And, you know, you do get a, you get a choice. So mm-hmm. um, this is generally a success, I think. Yeah. There's at least like a, like a one-third of the abilities are ones where it, like, you can identify a use for like where you're going to see them like oh yeah like i like i can i can see that fitting and other ones are like uh, i specifically kind of like backed away from the uh from the ones where it's like between the third and fourth hit paused enter the second stance to like yeah. that that felt a little bit no, too no, like no, frame no. jabby to me um uh, somebody out there is listening I, and saying oh my gosh why are these these guys playing games they don't, they don't like engaging with systems i liked the fun and flashy systems <laughs> well and i i love engaging with systems but mm-hmm. not necessarily like this kind, these kind of yeah. systems. I never want to switch stances. Like we, right. we talked about that before. That is the level of too fiddly for me. I just don't care mm-hmm. about it. It's a, it's okay. And, and it's, I'm not saying it's bad. It's mm-hmm. just nothing I want to engage with. Yeah. Like I'm sure that can add some depth. There, there, uh, for you. I, there was no lack of good things to spend my points on. I did. I emphasized a lot of uh, charge attack things, like mm-hmm. any of the things that allowed you to get a good first strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, eventually you get to the point where you start every encounter doing one of those, then unloading all unloading all of your runics mm-hmm. uh, and the band to get them on the same cooldown. And yeah. you can mostly take out most encounters mm-hmm. right away. Yeah. Uh, I ended up like, like I ended up kind of liking the ones that were like plus frost damage because you could really pump that up, actually. And it's mm-hmm. not just that it increases frost damage, but it increases um, accumulation, like of yes. the of the stat. So it's not just extra damage; like you, you know, inflict the like you debilitate them with whatever you're attacking with. Yeah. Yes. Um, there are also uh, heart pieces, basically heart containers, both mm-hmm. for health and Spartan rage, um, around the world in different chests. Uh, sometimes there are puzzle chests mm-hmm. where you have to uh, hit your axe at a certain bells. Um, either finding the environment or finding them and striking them in a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that Kratos, if a, if a treasure chest is small, Kratos does not respect it. <laughs> You'll punch through the top of it. Yep. If a treasure chest is big, however, mm-hmm. Kratos will respect it and rummage around a big pile of skulls to pull out like an apple. Yep. <laughs> uh, every single time, like just digs through yeah. Like this treasure chest full of skulls. Mm-hmm. What is going on with these big treasure chests, man? Everybody, um, I mean, so I think that they're, they're like sarcophaguses. They're, they're burial vaults is what they are. And that's why he respects wait, them. But is it like a club cranium, like burial vault? Why are there so <laughs> many skulls in there, dude? I mean, really, <laughs> like, the only thing that matters is the skull. 
So yeah, yeah throw the rest of me away. Everybody right. plays this club cranium <laughs> skull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Club cranium is a really good name for a box full of skulls. Dude. It is. <laughs> yeah. Come on, everybody. Play this club cranium. Just escalates all the box of skulls. <laughs> oh, God. Um, let's talk characterization because uh, we're spending yeah. an awful lot of time um, with these characters. And I think the big one that ends up being kind of the selling point and also another way that they are rebooting this or changing it is the fact that Kratos is older and grizzled and is very clearly trying to break a cycle. Um, yeah, he's un- he's unforgiven. Yes. You know, um, yeah, let's uh, let's kind of go through because these are mm-hmm. these are big parts of the game. Yes. Uh, so Kratos, uh, you know, this game drew some flack for Kratos not dealing with his like ridiculously violent past. Um, I don't buy did, that. Did I, I think that, that I, I think that he does. I mean, I think that people it just wasn't far enough. Yeah. I think that I think it just kind of wasn't enough for okay. people yeah. to say that because remember Kratos was the guy who was like, "You're innocent. I'm going to use you to like jam up these gears." Yeah, yeah. You know, like he he's real bad. Like mm-hmm. again, when I say one of gaming's greatest sociopaths. Yeah. Uh, you know, this this does a lot of work to make him not that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, but there was a lot of that. Right. Um, and the story of this is him softening. Right. Uh, to his son and trying to break that cycle and also learning to. You know, learning to be a little softer yeah. with the kid. Right. Because you know? he starts off, and I really like the way that this relationship progresses, is even if there are some parts of it that kind of like just move shockingly quick, the way that their dynamic and their relationship changes. Yeah, yeah the pacing of that stuff is a big bug there, yeah. have, which but, we'll get into. But bro- but broadly, like him softening toward Atreus and going from giving, you know, one word answers to recognizing that the kid can't read his mind and the kid needs to understand, like, why Kratos knows what he is talking about. Um, yes. You know, um, I, I like I, I really enjoy the kind of progressive softening that happens over this and kind of like through these different arguments where you can see them like not just talking past each other, but actually like mirroring each other in it. Like, yes. but like, like in a particularly kind of like in a way that is like almost unintentionally infuriating to each other. Yeah. Yeah. They, they learn from each other mm-hmm. as they go. And like. The grand arc of this, I think, is very good. Yes. Um, personally, like I, it is an old story. It is kind of a generic story of a mm-hmm. dad softening. Uh, I don't have a lot of respect for tough love dads. I don't think that's a good mode nope. in the first place. But this is him moving towards the right, you know, yeah. be more mom like dads. <laughs> um, you know, I'm doing that, which I really like. Atreus is also good in the grand arc, but I think slips a little bit more in the execution mm-hmm. uh, because of that speed. Um, we'll talk about those things when they happen. But in general, the idea of him coming to also kind of understand his dad mm-hmm. um, and lose some of his naivete and stuff is a good arc. Yeah. Um, but I'm really here for Mimir. Mimir's uh, the, 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 the star of the MVP show. MVP of the game. He's the real head like, of the family This is the best thing here. this game does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that there's anything the game does really better than Mimir, which yep. is a weird thing. But the second playthrough, I'm like, man, I wish you got Mimir sooner. Uh-huh. I wish the other comic relief characters were just menus. <laughs> and we just had Mimir because Mimir is uh, funny and interesting uh-huh. and a real feat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having this character who explains lore to you while you're traveling around, uh-huh. uh, is a really good idea. Yeah. 
Um, and the fact uh, that he, like, he is so just undisturbed. I mean, like, he's a head that you keep on your belt. <laughs> yeah, he's a be- belt head. Yeah. And in a long history of Kratos belt heads. Yeah. Like, Kratos loves to take a head and put it on his belt. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But this one just captured them. It was a the time. Yeah, you put a man on your belt. Um, yeah. But uh, this one just chats with them. Yep. You know, this is like the other ones. Petrified people are shown light. This one he made to make a friend for his son. Uh. You know, <laughs> like that's the progression. Yeah, but just like Mimir, he's got this like Scottish accent, and he's like unflappable in a lot of ways. Yes. Like he's very he has nothing to lose. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's. Very, you know? He's very wise and has like the right thing to say. It's a little bit like having a Wilson, a Wilson from Home yeah. Improvement, except instead of being, a, you know, a, like behind the fence, he's on your belt. Um, I, I, the big obvious thing I got from it was more from, yes. from Torment, like somebody mm-hmm. who's going to comment but knows the world mm-hmm. that you're in and is going to guide you. Yeah. Um, Mimir is great. Like, I absolutely yeah. love Mimir. And like, uh, there is a, if if you miss some of them or whatever on YouTube, there's a supercut that's just like all of the stories. Oh, nice. That would be fun to keep on like, like almost like a podcast. Yeah. Like throw on the, throw on the Mimir tales. Like Mm -hmm. it is, uh, it's not going to teach you about Norse mythology because they take a lot of liberties, Mm -hmm. uh, within this game, but they are entertaining little stories and he's a good storyteller and the voice Mm -hmm. actor is great. Yes. Very uh, just like genial and pleasant. Um, and like, patient with all of them like if i was stuck between kratos and atreus at some of these points i would just smell i'd roll away (laughs) i would just hop on down and do whatever i could to roll away from them but mimir yeah there are very few men who i want to live on their belt yes uh and kratos is really near the bottom of that yeah for the blood alone yeah the blood and the ball stink Mm -hmm. the 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 truly godly ball stink yeah you know, so yeah, I don't think I can handle that. But my, my favorite thing about the the dynamic is that Kratos never stops calling Mimir head. He just says, "Yeah, speak head." Yes, <laughs> son, head, uh, boy, head. Woman. Doesn't call him son boy. until the end. Uh, yeah, boy, woman, head. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we're going to talk a lot of sugar about Mimir mm-hmm. uh, throughout, and Mimir is very good. Yes. Um, so one of the ways this game gets uh, kind of summarized and drew criticism uh, is that this is a dad game. Yeah. Um, you know, the idea that game developers uh, came of a certain age and they all started making games about childhood and dad feels mm-hmm. um, is something that is like one of those criticisms that I think is true, but I don't understand why it's bad. Yeah. It's like, it, I, I mean, yes, there are lots of them, but I don't think that there's... There aren't that many. Yeah. Like there, there's like six. Yeah, you know, like well, I mean, so it's not that I there's think... that many, but like each of them comes out and ends up ends up taking up all of the oxygen oxygen because they're so big. Yes, that yeah. that's what people get mad about. And the other thing I think people get mad about with regards to this is that there aren't like where are our mom games, where are yeah. our aunt games. I, like, I agree and <laughs> totally agree. Like that's the part I have tons of time for. But mm-hmm. something that like I try to get across on this show that is a difficult thing to get across when I'm trying to position myself in relation to like my peers in that criticism sphere is I don't think that that says anything about God of war. Like the fact that there aren't mom games is not a criticism of this game. You know, like it doesn't, it doesn't action as that, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's oftentimes framed as such. Like Mm -hmm. 
you know, the new God of War, that's bullshit because where are our mom games? It's just another dad game. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't say anything about this. Like, that's a problem with the industry. That's not a problem. It's a good, it's a big problem with the industry. Mm -hmm. It needs to be fixed. Like, raise hell about it. But it doesn't say anything about this particular piece of art. Yeah. You know? Like, the salient criticism would be, uh, me telling people what's valid or whatever. The, like, the the version of that criticism that I feel like I I would be the most interested in, at least, like, from a comparative basis, is to say, all right, this is another one of these kind of stories. We have seen a lot. You know, we've seen plenty of these, and they're big games. Everybody has played them. Like, does this do anything different with the form? Um, would be, like, the criticism that I would, that I would like. That I would like to see, and I think it. I think this one does specifically because it focuses on, you know, Kratos being deathly afraid of seeing himself and his kid. I think yeah. that like that, that that idea of explicitly trying to stop the cycle is not something that has been done an awful lot. There's been an awful lot of like, I am concerned because I am responsible for this thing that I need to protect. You know, that happens. But to not be- not a lot of like, yeah. There's a lot of overprotection, Last of Us style things. Yeah. Not a lot of. Like I need to make sure my son doesn't become me, right. which is which is a you know dad fear dot text, <laughs> right? Um, you know, and there there are ways in which this is very uh, typical. Like we do spend a lot of time with protection, mm-hmm. and the other major parental relationship is about that. Yes. So I you know I would say like in terms of whether this gives anything to that conversation, I'd say like kind you know mostly mm-hmm. you know partly you know not entirely but like mm-hmm. yes uh, to a degree. I just I don't you know. It is frustrating that these take up all the air in the the room. Like, mm-hmm. that is fair. And I also really want a mom game. Mm-hmm. You know, like, give us a mom game, give us an aunt game, give us a sister game, give us a brother game. Yep. Like, give us, you know, other relationships other than dads. It's just all these white dudes with tons of power who are making games mm-hmm. uh, are just being blown away by the fact that, like, these ancient, <laughs> you know, things about parenthood. Like, oh, my God, this shit's real. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got to make a game about this. Literally the oldest stories. Yeah. yeah, I was just struck. I held my son, and I just mm, everything you know, changed. And, and <laughs> just a real perspective changed. shift. Yeah, you know, gotta gotta make a dad game. Uh, <laughs> so it is. It's like worth making fun of, but it as uh-huh. a as a construct, but not worth making fun of God of War twenty eighteen about it. I think. Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely worth yeah. criticizing the uh, the the dynamics in the industry that lead to this uh, kind of one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the one shot thing in this. Yeah. Uh, so th- this is, uh, as a real, like, gimmicky kind of selling point to this, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is all done in one shot. There are no loading screens and no cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the camera only moves away from your character once on it to move, uh, towards boy mm-hmm. and then never does it again. Yeah. Um, you know, similar to like the movie Birdman, uh, 1917, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a real mixed result thing. Uh, we were talking about it in the Slack, and you know, we were talking about the pacing, like how yeah. quick things are. Part of that is because this is like a bad, you know, this takes place in real time mm-hmm. for Kratos and, and Boy. Like, this is not a journey like Lord of the Rings where it takes place over the course of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of that, I think that would have helped the pacing a lot. Yeah. If, like, they just increased the area and had them make camp or what have you mm-hmm. from time to time to do some of these story bits. Yeah. Uh, but that would give up this uh, this conceit. Of one continuous shot. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me to like tangibly like, like say what this added for me. The, like the, the most prominent sense that I had when I was playing this is that like I was kind of constantly on edge because I never knew like when I was like going to interact with something, like going to lift up a log for a trace, like walk under or something, like when the camera pulled in real tight. 
basically I was always afraid that Balder or somebody else would like come up and like grab Kratos by the shoulder and like yank me into a boss fight or cutscene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because they do well, that trick that. a lot. They do that, yeah, they do that. And that's the the stated purpose of doing this was to make you feel really feel what Kratos is feeling and stuff. And in those moments where it's that uncertainty or that danger or like not being able to see your son, that's a mm-hmm. worthwhile goal. But games have like a real issue, I think, with like reckoning with what they're composed of. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you look at uh something like, you know, a role playing game where it's like, yes, this game is about this, but you actually are mostly just doing unending battles with you know, 80% of your actual runtime is just fighting goblins. Mm-hmm. In this, the idea behind that camera thing was like, oh, we really need to make you feel close to Kratos. We really got to, you know, make you feel claustrophobic and feel vulnerable and in danger and everything. But most of the game is in a boat or doing like an, a badass werewolf unzipping mm-hmm. and combat, which I don't think, you know, the camera would be on you during those things anyway. Mm-hmm. So locking you two in the other places doesn't do as much. No. Like it is not tactically deployed. Uh, like long shots tend to be in, mm-hmm. you know, like a, a like a P.T. Anderson movie. Yes. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think that by keeping every everything locked in with with no edits, you actually lose some of the benefit that you would get from montage. In this, to tons a of benefit from yeah. montage. Like I don't, I don't want to cut over to Odin and see what Odin's up to. No, no. Like but, it's but actually just, cool that you don't know yeah. what's going on with them. Yeah, yeah it's great. Like that, you know, the fact or like when you go into a room. You know, I don't necessarily need the camera to sweep around at all your goals. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that is is a little bit lame. But being able to, like, make camp or fade out or have mm-hmm. some kind of, like, discussions, like, have it would have made time pass. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing that uh, fucks with the story pacing of the game. Yeah. And makes things happen really quick is that it feels like the whole thing is, you know, again, it's like one real bad day. To do a, to do a comparison to another game that is similar... I think that the edits and the time passing in The Last of Us is actually really laudable and done extremely well. And that is something that I miss here. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that in The Last of Us. Like, it's a really powerful trick to have implied time. Mm -hmm. And what they could have done with some of these things, like when, you know, when boys mood shifts, (laughs) uh, if that happened after a time jump of any Mm -hmm. kind, it'd be like, well, well, hell, man, this has probably been a really awkward you know, couple of days, I can mm-hmm. fill in the blanks of no. this rather than it just feeling like, hey, two seconds ago, we were having a good time. Right. Yeah. You know, what the fuck happened, dude? Mm-hmm. And like, there are a million defenses of this, like, oh, kids are mercurial and stuff like that. Uh, they, nah. they, they, they still respond <laughs> to stimulus. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah they're, they're, they're still not like, you know, set to random. Yeah. You know? it's, it's, it's not like, like you know, like, like a kid is in Schrodinger's box, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. And and we'll get into specifics about that, but I really I, I think that the the camera thing mm-hmm. they did not uh, purchase what they spent. Yeah, like even really close with that trick. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of impressive. It hides some load times, uh, but there, there's a thing. Uh, Matthew Matosis has a good video mm-hmm. on uh, God of War 2018, and he made a point that I really like that I never really thought of before. Mm-hmm. Is that when developers get really really you know really clever clever with hiding load times, everybody starts actually, doing that thing. <laughs> well, not just that, but it also you reverse future proofing yourself mm-hmm. because uh, a load screen, the Can length of that is depending on the hardware. Uh-huh. Yeah, like that will get shorter and shorter and shorter. Whereas pushing myself through this little crevice mm-hmm. will never get shorter. Yeah, you know. So like when this is played on the PS7, 
on the virtual console on the PS7, right. people are going to be losing their minds about those parts because mm-hmm. it's like just dumbed down time for no reason. It'll be like going back and playing Mass Effect 1 today. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that whole clever, clever about your load time thing maybe mm-hmm. is not as good as you think it is. Uh, also, I mean, I was playing this on a PS4 Pro um, on a 4K television. I still had load times occasionally. Like I would just be running and it would hitch and I would see the little glyphs. And then it yeah. would be for like 30 seconds and then it would go. So, yeah. <laughs> I have no also, yeah. the ways that they use, uh, this is a, a bigger kind of thing, but the way that they use this philosophy to justify load times and fast travel, uh, I find extremely obnoxious. I, I think this is one of the worst fast travel systems in a video game. Um, I really hate fast travel in this. Yeah, it's it's not functional. Yeah, not non-functional and a, a tedious and annoying to go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um it's pretty though. It's a real pretty game. Oh my god, some of the scenery in this. <laughs> yep. Uh if you like big dead things, you will <laughs> Ooh, like this boy. game. Like if I like being around the corpse of a giant, mm-hmm. let me tell you. Like I like being, you know, uh just the the scale is real good. Yep. Um yeah. just breathtaking. Breathtaking. Like yeah. when you when you step out in um an Alfheim for the first time, like yeah. that's one of the major realms that you go to. Um, ridiculous. The like splashes of color in the, uh, in like the garden that you go to, uh, partway through in the woods, uh, when you meet the witch, like mm-hmm. just, just beautiful, beautiful yeah, stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I said this on Twitter, but I'll, but I'll echo it here. It's a real shift from like violent spectacle to serene spectacle in this. There's plenty of violent spectacle. Don't get me wrong, but there's an awful lot of time that you spend just, just soaking in. All of this just wonderful, wonderful vista design that is going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It is, uh, the scenery is a big deal. Yeah. And this, uh, and it, it's more, more varied and prettier. You know, that's mm-hmm. the generational shift. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in a lot of ways, you know, but it actually benefits a lot from this. Like it's not clutter, it's like scale mm-hmm. and scope. Yeah. Like this really benefits from being on the PS4, whereas like, you know, the PS2 era of these are hallways. Yes. You know, the PS3 were like weird, like slightly more detailed hallways. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the character to, you know, character work is good. Like characters look good and detailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if there are a lot of bad haircuts on display. Ooh, boy. Um, what is this going to be a theme? Cause I started playing Dino Crisis 2. Like, <laughs> when you're on track, you have to cut your own hair without a mirror. It's like the initiation thing. <laughs> Cause like. <laughs> Everybody there looks like such shit. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. Um, but the, uh, you know, there's some bad haircuts, but other than that, everybody looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the voice acting is really good. Oh, it's so good. Uh, you know, Mimir obviously I think is the star, mm-hmm. but it is just, uh, well above average across the board mm-hmm. in terms of presentation. Kratos is really impressive to me. Like that actor gets a, gets a lot of like different shades across in his gruffness and just gravel. And he's a new new guy as well. Yes. Uh, this is the first uh, God of War game not voiced by the classic mm-hmm. uh, guy because he didn't have the build for the motion capture. Yeah. So he got fired, and now it's a guy from Stargate. Yep. Uh, <laughs> guy from Stargate he, did a good job. You yeah, know. that's Christopher Judge. <laughs> so Yes. Um, but for all of this visual acumen, something that I find is a real problem is enemy design. Um, oh, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everything is very limited 
in terms of like the kinds of enemies that you fight. There are some of them that are, you know, pretty different, but a lot of them just kind of look like it reminds me of, um, uh, not Lords of the Fallen. What's the immortal unchained. It reminds me of that to a certain extent where it's like, here's just another kind of like zombie warrior kind of guy. Like, and maybe they're colored a little bit differently or like they've got like different like tumor armor on them or scales or whatever. But yeah, you're going to fight them. Like here's, here, here, here's trolls and here's, uh, and, and, and here's ogres. Here's ogres. Yeah. Yeah. And here's golems and here's trolls. And Mm -hmm. boy, if you like fighting trolls, you will fight, you will do this troll fight about a billion times. Oh, can, Um, can you have a different weapon? No, it's always going to be an obelisk. Yeah, it was impressive the first time. He loves a podium. Yeah, you know, the 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 ancestral weapon of the troll is a podium. (laughs) Don't don't question it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, like this is this is a this is a real problem, and this is a I think um, a triple A gaming like crisis thing almost yeah of like you can't afford to have this kind of variety when your production values are this high Mm -hmm. uh and it has a huge impact yeah you know like all of the uh a lot of big prestige modern video games i played i ran into this with like we talked about the last of us obviously that was last gen i haven't played the second one yet but that also has this issue yeah where there are just too many uh you know it's dudes and clickers Mm -hmm. and then better clickers like you know uh alan wake like, this is a thing with games that push graphical fidelity for their time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just, they're not enough. Yeah. Not enough. And it's real weird, too, that they repeat that boss so often and they put nine optional bosses that are really good. Yep. Uh, I find that frustrating. I, when the King of Hell turned out to be another troll. I, I, was, this, I was losing my fucking mind. Yeah, yeah. And this is my second time around, but I'd forgotten because I was like, surely mm-hmm. they didn't. I, oh man, like I, I was in my mind, I was like, how many bosses are in this? Well, there's basically just balder and then different trolls, right? <laughs> and then I was like, but oh no, the king of hell, like I'm going to go talk to the king of hell. Yeah, and it's going to be like a big troll. skeleton guy. No, he's the, he's the troll. Uh, he uses a slightly different troll. kind of obelisk. <laughs> yep. Yep. He's, he's got, he's got a certain kind of podium. Yep. Uh, it's, you know, that stuff is real limited and samey and not super good. And some of the deviations they have from that standard design are not very good either. <laughs> like I find the revenants and the nightmares all pretty annoying to fight. Yeah. Um, as opposed to fun. So it's like, not only is there not great variety, but I would say that some of the swings towards variety are actually lame. Yeah. Like, uh, especially later on when they start mixing fire and ice enemies together. And you end up any kind of elemental horror shit like that. I hate switching weapons to match an element type in a fight. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's never going to like do much for me. Right. Um, Yeah. I don't, don't like it. So that's a problem. Um, Soundtrack is generally pretty good. Uh, It's made by a guy named Bear Bear McCreary. That's really good on its own. Yeah. Um, He's a, he's a famous composer. Like he did a bunch of stuff for the walking dead. I think he did some, uh, some mass effects possibly. Mm. Yeah. Um, just a, you know, a, a, a lauded composer of games like this, but yeah, it like, this does what it needs to, it works in, you know, kind of like a little bit of like traditional instrumentation, lots of, you know, bombast and sad when it needs to be there. Uh, you know, it, yeah. uh, it, it mostly is Very just cinematic, there. but the, yeah, but there are like, uh, there are moments that end up working in some of these kind of mm-hmm. like high stakes conversations that end up happening. Um, there's a point where it, uh, the, the instrumentation kind of shifts to more something from Kratos's past. That I think are really yeah. good. Um, There's a weird part where it's all drum machines and synthesizers. <laughs> I find that really strange. It's from Kratos' synthwave face. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's from his future. Yeah, we have to go fight Bowie and Gary Newman and Klaus Nomi. Holy shit! <laughs> the, the synth- your your <laughs> ears to God's heart. Yeah, I'm not your ears. God of War game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you fucking incredible. Oof. 
Um, <laughs> Brian Ferry is king of the fairies. <laughs> that he has to fight. Yeah. Right. Uh, so let's well, talk I mean, about not, the... not in a bad way. <laughs> no. I know that was, that was a problematic oob. I didn't mean, no. I obviously didn't mean fairies a slur. No, no, like, no. I, no, no I, I, I wasn't doing about that. Um, okay. I, I was, I was more doing a trail. That was a transition ooh. Um, okay. yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the development. Uh, like there's a lot of text about this, but it is all just like justifications for things that you see on screen. Uh, kind mm-hmm. of the story here is that development began in 2014. Um, and David Jaffe, they thought about getting him back, but he was otherwise committed to a game that did not sell nearly as well as this. Uh, mm-hmm. so they brought Corey Bar- Barlog, uh, kind of in, uh, the, who was the creative lead on God of War 2, uh, to kind of helm this and try to figure out what do we do? Because like God of War three sold a lot and was well, well received, but like our weird little intervals that we did, you know, Ascension and Ghost of Sparta or whatever, like nobody played those and nobody cares. So like, like we need a, you know, to give this a real shot in the arm, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the initial concept was to send Kratos to Egypt, uh, which I think is a cool idea. Yep. Still, like this will be a trilogy, and we're going to spend some time in in the Norse lands. But mm-hmm. I like the idea of Kratos just killing different pantheons. Yep. Um, however, uh, that is not very isolated. That is a place with tons of cities, and Egypt is civilized. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said too civilized for that. Um, yeah. I think they could have done it just mm-hmm. fine. Um, but uh, at the end of the first trilogy, David Jaffe, the series creator, said, "Hey, what if Kratos went to the Norse pantheon?" Mm-hmm. And they decided to go with that. Um, I think, in no small part, this was also probably influenced by the MCU. Yeah, uh, there, yeah. there are Easter eggs that are direct MCU mm-hmm. Easter eggs. You can get an Infinity Gauntlet in this, yeah, and get different stones for it. And the idea that Thor was back in the public consciousness, I am sure, played a big part in this. Hugely, yeah. Like, an awful lot of, like, footwork had been done by the MCU to get people to, like, know and care what the Aesir are and how they differ from the Yotun. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be, you know, a nightmare. Be, yeah. Like, like, I, I, want to explain. I would not be the one. I mean, and look how look how badly I went in Dark World. Um <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I would not be the one to want, you know, to like soften that ground. However, they were, they, 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 they were poised to kind of like pick up on that, uh, on the, on that tailwind. It's weird how when you go to Elfheim, it is the best version of Thor 2. <laughs> like it's basically <laughs> Thor 2, but good. Yep. Um, in, in this. Oh, geez. Um, so this game was a huge hit. Received mm-hmm. really, uh, well, uh, not only did it sell tons of units, but there's a huge bump in PS4 units. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a system seller and won tons of game of the year awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is a really, really well respected prestige game. Yes. Um, uh, kind of surprisingly, there is no DLC. There's no expansion pack. Um, this is by design. Uh, they decided to keep their powder dry on that. Barlog said that like he had one idea for like something he could do. But it was like kind of in between. It was too ambitious for just a straight up DLC that you would pay fifteen dollars for, but it wasn't enough for like a full sequel. It would have been like the uh, the Lost Legacy Uncharted game uh, that yeah. came out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and but this will definitely be part of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the story has a lot of unanswered questions. Um, we have not seen the whole pantheon, including uh, you know direct hints mm-hmm. uh, at certain ones. We haven't seen anywhere close to the full pantheon. I think that I looked up there are eleven people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you interface with in this game? No. You know, not counting Valkyries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this ends on a very explicit sequel hook. Yes. Yeah. And like, we haven't been to all the nine realms. I think you go to like four, maybe five. 
something yeah. like that. And like two of them are just, yeah. you know, weird little like challenge corners. Like, I don't yeah, know, like the worst be, realms. It, it'd be cool if they took another, to, to, took another run at Niflheim and Muspelheim. Uh, like yeah. th- those could be really cool places, but I feel like they blew their load on them, which bums me out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I really want to go to Asgard, mm-hmm. you know, like the, 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 the kid in me, like the 13 year old, like, wow, cool mm-hmm. person in me desperately wants to, <laughs> yeah. you know, I will probably play these until the trilogy just because I want to see yeah. Odin and I want to go to Asgard, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So uh, into that, I want to get a bigger cast. And that's part of the joy of these games is just mm-hmm. like, how can we turn these uh, mythological figures into shitty perverts <laughs> yeah. and have you rip off their jaws? Yep. <laughs> you know, like that's that's kind of God of War. Even though this has higher expectations, that is part of the, the teenager appeal mm-hmm. uh, yeah. to this. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised we haven't heard anything about a sequel. Uh, same. A little bit. You yeah. Know? Like even just a, even just like a logo or some shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, very surprised. I'm sure yeah. COVID had a little bit of delaying progress so that's delaying news yeah no yeah. uh on that but yeah it just uh feels it feels due it does you know? yeah uh it'll like it'll probably be like uh like an early game on the next generation whenever those systems come out yeah they'll they'll say they're saving it as a ps5 system seller yeah, yeah. for fools that don't want to get demon souls remastered <laughs> and, or, um, or hitman come on <laughs> or Hitman. Why well, no? I just wanted to bring up Demon's Souls Remastered because I oh, saw yeah. a screenshot from it again. Yeah. And it looks good. Oh, it does. It um, does look really good. Looks yeah. really good. Um, so that's going to be the end of the uh, the beginner part of the episode, the preview part mm-hmm. of the episode. If you're hearing this, uh, if you want to hear the entire episode, you can join us at Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash TV, just five bucks a month or a buck 25 a week mm-hmm. uh, gets you this episode and then all of the premium episodes. Yes. Uh, so you can go back and listen to us talk about such games as, uh, you know, Bioshock Infinite. That's a big one. Um, mm-hmm. People really enjoyed our Stalker episode. Uh, what is one from this year? Oh, fuck. I have forgotten every <laughs> single thing we have done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> me too. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's no good. Why? That's that's a disease. Uh, Devil May Cry was the last one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> it's no good. Uh, yeah. but they're good. They're good episodes. Mm-hmm. This is, I want, we're going to start a conspiracy theory that like a machine is doing this for us because we can't remember or that like we've gotten replaced. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, by like pizza gate golems or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? All of the editorial is done by dead drop. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're, we're animate number stations. It's actually just like 2020 and, uh, we're both depressed and barely hanging on. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's the actual, uh, memory thing. And we've done, we do a lot of shows. We do. And we've done like hundreds and hundreds of these. Like it is very hard to keep them in mind. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of those you can get by being our patron. So, uh, you yeah. can go and, uh, relive memories that we don't even remember having. Yeah. Be our memory for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we'd, we'd appreciate that yeah and, and we understand if things are hard um we have built it so that you can uh pop in and pop out uh, yeah. uh however it would work best for you yeah uh appreciate it and we'll see you next week with our dispatch boy <laughs> <laughs>